Okay, welcome back to Clinical Pearls for Graduate Physios. I'm um, here in Croydon University Hospital with Christina Merchant-Brown, who is a liaison nurse here at the hospital and working particularly with those with a learning disability, but I'll, I'll let you introduce a bit more about yourself, but thanks for joining me, Christina. Welcome. So, hi, my name is um, Christina. Um, I'm a learning disability nurse by trade. Um, so, I'm a learning disability liaison nurse for Croydon University Hospital and support those with a learning disability as inpatient and or outpatients. Yeah, great. And you're sort of saying before your your role is sort of to help therapists work with uh, those with a learning disability and, and sort of get better to yeah. give them the support they need. So my role is from, from the point of admission right to the discharge um, and I ensure that the individual is getting um, the care and treatment that they need. Um, for, for some of our people, it does take longer for them to recover and obviously I'm the liaison role with all departments and therapists to help um, ensure that they have a positive experience in hospital and, um, you know, I support the physios and various other therapists um, with that um, to ensure that there's effective communication, that they've got the support there to, to carry out the work and actually help, help the therapist because there may be some problem solving to do and, and it may not be a right or wrong answer um, and so it's about um, coordinating everybody together to what is best for the individual. Yeah that's really good that's a nice little summary and um, I mean certainly the who we're sort of directing it today is not those who necessarily those who are always working with those with a learning disability I mean certainly those people who are listening will get some benefit out of this chat no doubt but I mean a lot of the people who typically listen uh, probably a bit more mixed. They might be seeing um, those with a learning disability on a rare occasion or, you know, here and there they might have one or two patients that they'll, they'll see regularly. So if we can try to at least give some nice little piece of information that they can go home with and, and can uh, act upon, even if they're not in a hospital setting necessarily, I think that would be really good. Um, maybe we start with just defining what a learning disability is and sort of what it encompasses. Okay. So um, Department of Health defines someone with a learning disability as someone who has, um, there's three areas, a significant reduced ability to understand new or complex information or to be able to learn new skills, and their IQ will be assessed as less than 70. They will have a reduced ability to cope independently with daily living skills, therefore requiring some form of support, whether it be 24-hour care, few hours a day, a few hours a day, or even a few hours a week, dependent upon their level of need. And it will have been assessed before the age of 18. Mm. People do get confused with terminology, disability and difficulties. But if you see disability as someone with a cognitive impairment and those, those three areas, um, you know, the cognitive impairment cannot be repaired. Um, basically, but just look at those three areas and look at, at the communication needs of the individual to be able to understand and process. Mm. Okay. Um, I will have people with together with autism and learning disabilities and people with mental health and learning disabilities, but standalone autism and mental health currently do not come into my criteria. Okay. But I always say to people, if you're in doubt, refer, and I can say yes or no. 
Yeah. I guess for you, you'd almost rather have too many referrals and at I'd least then go, okay, we probably don't need to see this person. Yeah, I'd rather have that than, being than none at all. Or, or I find out, or why, why isn't you seeing this person? Mm. Yeah, I'd rather find out. And, you know, and, and it can be a grey area, particularly with people with mm. mild blend disabilities. For me, it can be a tricky one, but we can work through it. Yeah, great. So it sounds like the sort of the definition you gave there, it is still quite broad as to what uh, encompasses a learning disability. But I guess in a general sense, what are the, the implications of having a learning disability? So if I'm a therapist and I'm going to see someone who I know has a, a learning disability, what are some of the things I should keep in the back of my mind when, when working with them? So it's um – People with learning disability, we don't have their own way and their own routine. Um, they are also um, like to have people who are familiar with them um, mm-hmm. when working um, with them to whatever they are doing. And the physio will come along and, and make requests and demands, um, but probably in quite complex language. And the immediate reaction is, number one, inverted commas, they might become a bit more challenging. Or number two, they might say, no, 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 go away, go away, later, later, later. And that's their way of coping mechanism. So it's almost like going slowly, slowly, finding out the background information of the individual before actually going in there. Um, include myself, um, and I can help in some way, although I don't know every single person comes through the door, sure. but we can problem solve together as to how we can manage this. And the other way to help that individual is, is get some background information from carers, get some background information from a family as to, you know, what what are the tricks and trades to help that person, um, um, inverted commas, comply with you. Mm. You know, you might need to say, right, well, we're going to have a cup of tea, but first of all, we need to do this. You know, and lots of praises and lots of um, reassurance, encouragement. Um you also may need to look at the mood dependent. You, there are a couple of people who will definitely say no, and they may not be in the best of moods, and you might just have to come back later mm. and see how they are or get someone familiar in to, to have this more of a um, consistent, firmer approach, and then you can come in in the background to help. Yeah, that's really good, and I think that's great to... To know that, firstly, you know they're they're like more of a consistent face in getting to know and trust that person, but also that for each individual, there's going to be certain maybe traits or quirks that they that work for them, and you can't just go in with a blanket approach of maybe you could with someone who doesn't have a learning disability, but you have to get to know what works for that person. There's also communication is the big one, um, complex words, using easy words. Mm. Um, and it's not to pacify or, or baby them, but it may be words that they may recognise and using short sentences. And also to, to use open sentence, open questions rather than saying, do you want to do this? Um, do you want to sit in a chair? Because the natural reaction would be no. Mm. And, of course, then it's believed that they, they don't want to when actually, you know, it, they're not understanding the implication of not sitting out in a chair or not getting up from bed. Mm. They're ways of cajoling and reassuring. And it's almost like, come on, let's get up. Come on, let's go and do this. Let you know, without giving them that choice. Mm. Um, because there are some who, who will be persistent in that. Yeah. It sounds a bit cruel, but it's 
that is the way that we can um, try and encourage them to to to, um, to 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 get the treatment that they need, and they might realise, oh, this person's not too bad, really. I like you, and mm. they start to build up trust. Mm. So it's a firm, consistent approach, um, and this is where a lot of people tend to give up because the person doesn't want to do it when actually, you know, there are ways and means we can help them mm. with that. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, because I, I almost feel for me my my default approach with a lot of pe- people let's, who don't have learning disabilities to go, well, you know, do you think we can try to get up today or something with which is a, quite a, a close question. And, you know, most people who are, you know, oriented and and can answer these questions are either will give you a yes or no answer a lot of the time. Sometimes you do need to be a bit more mm. sort of, uh, I guess, forceful like you yes. were mentioning, but that's really good to know that that, may not work a lot more of the time for those with a, a learning disability. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. Um, I, I guess along those lines as well, when you're sort of talking about how we can actually get this person to be involved and, and engaged to start with, but certainly in my limited experience so far, one of the challenges I've found is trying to keep that person engaged across the duration of the time you're with them. They might sort of phase in and out or... Um, start with giving you some attention and be involved and then they'll be distracted or something will come up. Do you have any sort of tips to help, uh, you know, keep them engaged during a session? I think make the session exciting, make mm. the session positive um, and make the session short. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, because too long a session you start to get a bit itchy and a bit bored and whatever. And sometimes, don't use the word dry, but you need to sort of say, right, you know, let's do this and when we go and get a cup of tea or mm. we'll do this and, and actually then you give them a cup of tea yeah. because you're giving them an incentive to, yeah. to, to, to get what they want mm. as well. Um, can I go into the subject about stairs? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, obviously, a lot of our people need to retry stairs and um, some of our stairs, I think, can be a bit daunting um, to our service users, particularly the, the big main ones that we have here in the hospital and people tearing and throwing all the time they can sort of scare them a bit I always sort of try and say let's try the gym stairs or the smaller stairs in in the smaller areas of the room mm. of the of the of the building um, where there are actually two handrails to go up um, because to them those stairs are more inverted more familiar as you would have at home yeah whereas the wider stairs it can be quite daunting so so just be mindful as to which stairs you are trying and see what they're like because i've had a people a couple of people who actually reverse their wheelchairs when they see the big chip stairs yeah and they don't want to do them and of course then it becomes non-compliant or refuse to do stairs and then we're stuck so there's, there's, there's other ways that we can help in that way Mm. Um, and also um, introducing the carers and families if they're able to come in because then that gives them an incentive yeah. because again the carer or family member will have certain words or certain ways of helping that person um, comply with your mm. your requests. Yeah, that's really good. It sounds like there's a bit of a theme here of needing to make sure the person is comfortable and is I guess, cl- close, as close to their normal environment yeah. as possible. So the example of the stairs yeah. or trying to involve the, the carers yeah. to understand what sort of quirks yeah. or ways to yeah. approach the session. Do you think that's true for a lot of things we do to try and make it as 
comfortable and as um, similar to their home environment as possible? I think it, I think it, it's helpful. Yeah. It is certainly very helpful um, mm. because then they it's less clinical and it's less uh, – you are seen to be trying to help them by doing these little adjustments yeah. and including that of, of how we speak as well. Mm. Um Going back to the communication method, it's no good saying be a gently gentle. It's really got to have um, concise words. Yeah. Um, and then all praises and goods and all this afterwards. Mm. Um, because they need to see that you are helping them, but you mean business, and but you're still good. You're still a good friend. Yeah, yeah. And that role, I think that yeah. can be tricky sometimes yeah. to be really to put your foot down and yeah. to say this is what we're doing, but then... Clearly, it's really important to, to show the other side of it as well and afterwards and to be really positive and reassuring to them and to reward them as well. You don't want to just be firm the whole time because you're probably going to lose that trust by the sounds of it. Yeah. You sort of mentioned before as well about the importance of getting the carers and the family involved. How important is that, do you think, in terms of getting the best results for someone with a learning disability? Because they know... The family and carers know what their baseline is, yeah. and then you can get an um, incentive from them as, they, as to how much they are managing that person. And they might say, well, yeah, they're nearly there. I'm quite happy to have them home. We can do the rest and whatever. Mm. So you'll be guided by them more so. Um, and I feel that's helpful. Most people will come in, but they probably do get the difficult few. And I think it's just about being assertive and saying, well, look, we don't know what this person's baseline is. We don't know their near. Christina obviously doesn't know everyone. Yeah. Um, but I think it is a it is a positive, positive thing. Mm. We may get carried you back out and then we say, oh, I don't know any staff and whatever. Yes, we understand that, but we want to get that person home. Mm. And we need to ascertain as to whether the home is the right place for them or we need equipment and so forth. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Do you have any other tips about, how to get the most out of carers and the family? Like are there certain phrases you find useful or, you know, is it timing it with, I said obviously timing it with their sessions is, is great, but, yeah, is there any, anything else you'd sort of recommend? What, with the family and carers coming Yeah, in? to sort of maximise the, the input they can have yeah. to help you. What time of day? Or? Yeah, that, anything yeah. like that. I think that. time of day. Okay. Time of day. And, of course, but then you need to be uh, assertive and saying, well, I'm available between these hours because yep. I have X amount of people to see. I can see you on this or I can be flexible. So it's about having a give and take yep. here um, and um, having these regular conversations <clears throat> on the phone. If they're not able to come in, you might, you might have, a, have to have a conversation with them on the phone as to how they are. Mm. But I always think it's a good idea for that person to come in and see for themselves yeah. the progress. Yeah. If they are making the progress or we need to see, see other ways of support. Yeah. I think it's just it's so much easier to have these discussions as well when the person's right yeah. there and you can actually you're both seeing the same thing and you can yeah. work together to to figure out what the best plan is to get yeah. them home or to, to achieve whatever goal you, you're going yeah. for. So that's really good. What um Again, sort of another broadish question, but do you have any advice about for how physios can get better um, at working with people with a learning disability? You know, is it just experience and just seeing more and more people, or are there any tools or websites you might recommend? I don't know about tools and websites, but yeah. certainly um, the way we communicate, mm. um, the, the the way we introduce ourselves 
to to the individual um and it's about adjusting ourselves according to that person's needs and wants yeah um i think they are the key key issues website to figure i'm not really no that's fine that's yeah yeah um but um certainly you to pictures as well particularly if you're doing exercises actually um demonstrate the exercise yourself Mm. and get them to copy yeah sometimes that helps or even if if some are lucky to have enough to have an ipad or a video um you know to to show them on the on a video for example um this is what i want you to do um and we do it together yeah sort of mirror, mirror work can also help yeah um and um I tend to sort of make it fun mm. as well, rather than tedious, you know. Um, and I said, ex- I, I call you guys exercise people. Yep. The physio might not um, mean much to them, but if we mm. if we use both words, it, it gives them that incentive. Oh, they are nice people, really, and, and make it sort of more fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, as best as we can. Yeah. And be truthful with them, you know, perhaps if they've got quite restricted limbs, you're going to have to stretch your limbs, you're going to say it's going to hurt a bit, but it's there to help you, and this is what we're going to do, and and stretch and stretch, Mm. and give them time. Time time and communication is important. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of what you're sort of saying does come down to how we communicate it and how we frame either a question (laughs) or frame what we're going to do or the plan for that, or um, as, as well... With um, the other men- the other point you mentioned is making sure it's you know really individualized to that person because mm-hmm. I imagine some people would not you know um, work well if they got shown an image or a video of how to mm-hmm. to do an exercise but and then they just want to be shown or written down on a piece of paper but um, you, you I think we have to think about these being a bit more creative by the sounds of it as opposed mm-hmm. to someone working with someone who doesn't have a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about, say you're, you're seeing them today and you, you've done an exercise with them and you go back tomorrow, it's about getting them to say, for those who are able to communicate uh, and show you what they can do, can you remember what we did yesterday? Show me. Mm. You know, and then work with them that way. Yeah. Um, and um, because they will have their own methods mm. in a way, but you can see whether they've been able to post that information. Yeah. yeah. It's always a nice test for really for anyone is to sort of go there and, and straight away test their knowledge, you know, what did we do yesterday or can you show me what I taught you or what we went through? Mm. And already you can gauge a lot of, well, am I communicating in the most effective way mm. or was I engaging or are they listening or do I need to do something better to help them mm. listen? You know, it does for next time do I have to write it down for them instead of just mm. telling them so Facial expressions are really good, mm. and using thumbs up and well done, lots of encouragement. As yeah, well. um, that really gives them the motive to, to 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 do what they need to do. Yeah, cool. So showing your energy and trying to really make that quite obvious. That's and great. And, you know, make it all um, sort of um, not a chore. Mm. It's, it's it's part of our recovery. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Do you have any other general tips in relation to this topic? I mean, you feel like you've given me lots of really great th- practical I think, ones. I think, so. um, I think you, you just go by what by, by your gut feeling as well. And, um, you know, if, if I'm happy, happy to be helping you, you know, go 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 by what I do or say and whatever. Sometimes I'm a bit like a mad hatter. But if that gets that person excited and motivated, then that's what we need, need to do. Mm. 
That's really good. Go by your instinct. Yeah, yeah. In this, I mean, where we are, obviously, if we're having trouble, we could come to someone like yourself. In for someone, for anyone who's listening, who's maybe in, let's say, a private practice setting or even a community setting, are there any avenues that you're aware of where people could get some help on? Um, if they're having trouble with, with working with someone with a learning disability? So we have a community learning disability team and we also have an LD physio in the community, but there's only one of him for the whole of Croydon. Yeah. But you can always make contact with him saying, look, I've met this person in the community. This is the situation. What do you suggest? And, mm. you know, he might come up with some suggestions. Um, so you can always do a referral to our team. Yeah. Saying some of the issues, communication issues or whatever, make a call um, and do it that way yeah so I'm not sure how much you're aware but are there sort of do you know if there are similar pathways in either other boroughs in London or internationally Would there, is there often someone who might be a, a community um, outreach person which you could contact to ask for these kind of questions I, I not too sure answer, yeah that's one. okay yeah, but certainly from a learning disability community team that's yeah. what I would suggest you know contact the local team yeah to say you're, you know, you're working with this person, but you need some tips and support mm. to help. Yeah, so I might first be... and foremost, to speak, to work with the home. Yeah, and any issue with the home, then you can go on with. Yeah, yeah. So I guess starting with the carers and the family yeah. first, yeah. and if you're still really yeah. having lots of trouble, then you can look for someone perhaps who, who whatever it is for your local area, um, someone in the community who can yeah. give you some more advice. Yeah. Great, that's really good. What's um my my last question to sort of finish off today is what single piece of advice do you think all new graduate physios need to hear? Background information, the need and the want of that person, and and how they communicate is is is, is the main main issue I find. And also, um, when you first meet the person, don't just go in there and say, "Right, oh, we're going to do this, do this." You start to sort of say, "Hi, my name is. What's your name? What do you like?" You know, just just that you're you're sort of introducing yourself. You are a friendly person. You're not the bad, ugly person mm. who wants to get them up and about. And just going slowly, slowly that way. Yeah. Yeah. So again, coming down to your framing of how you approach session, not just all in at the start and trying to, it sounds like coming back to that, almost your very first point about them trusting you and getting to know you first. That's really good. Well, thank you so much, Christine. It's been so good to get just an overview of, you know, how we can work better with those with a learning disability. I mean, I've I've had limited experience, like I was sort of saying, and it's been great to have so many really practical tips. So thank you very much. But please, you know, you can always contact me on the ward, um, wherever, and say, I've got this person on, what do you suggest? And I I say, well, I'll come up or or get the care ready coming. Yeah, Um, yeah. And we can problem solve together. Definitely. That's really good. Thank Thank you. Thank you very much.